0: So thankful that you're joining us in worship this morning on this, the second Sunday after Pentecost. My name is Nicholas Gonzalez, and I am the associate pastor here at St. Andrew, and I'm so thankful that you're joining us, and I pray a blessing on your worship this morning. As we begin, we do so in the name of our triune God, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Church, at this time, I invite you into a time of prayer as together we confess our sins before God. Let us pray. Reconciling God, we confess that we do not trust your abundance, and we deny your presence in our lives. We place our hope in ourselves and rely on our own efforts. We fail to believe that you provide enough for all. We abuse your good creation and bring harm to one another. We fear difference and do not welcome others as you have welcomed us. We sin in thought, word, and action. By your grace, forgive us. Through your love, renew us. And in your spirit, lead us. So that we may live and serve you in newness of life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Beloved of God, by the radical abundance of divine mercy, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ through whom we have obtained grace upon grace. In Jesus, your sins are forgiven. Let us live now in hope, which does not disappoint, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord be with you. Let us pray. God of compassion, you have opened the way for us and brought us to yourself. Pour your love into our hearts that overflowing with joy we may freely share the blessings of your realm and faithfully proclaim the good news of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our reading on this second Sunday of Pentecost comes from the New Testament book of Romans, the fifth chapter, beginning at the first verse. Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, Though perhaps for a good person, someone might actually dare to die. But God proves His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Hi everyone, in today's Bible story, Paul tells us that God pours his love into our hearts. Because of the Holy Spirit, the love of God will always be with us. When we feel happy or joyful, when we are sad or afraid, when we feel sick or tired, his love will always be there to heal and comfort us. So what can we do with this amazing love? Well, God's love is so good and so big that it bubbles over so that we can share it with the people around us. God wants to use you to share his love from your heart to the hearts of other people. Let's fold our hands, bow our heads, and say a prayer. Dear God, thank you for the love you have poured into our hearts. We pray that our hearts bubble over with your love so that it can reach the other people around us. We love you so much, in your
2: name we pray, amen. Well, today we're back in St. Paul's letter to the Romans, and one of my favorite passages, although I know I say that about a lot of them, uh, but Paul's letter to the Romans really does capture the heart of the gospel in so many ways with its teachings about things like justification by faith, and adoption into the family of God, and how nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, all of which point to the one thing that I think separates the Christian faith from everything else in the world, namely that our access, our value to God is not dependent on the quality of our faithfulness or our appearance or our performance, but on the quality of God's faithfulness and love for us. And you have no idea what a radical statement that would have been to the Roman Christians that Paul was writing that letter to or might be radical even today. When you think of the fact that uh, St. Augustine was transformed by a passage from Romans or Martin Luther's life was completely turned inside out and changed by his study of Paul's letter to the Romans, which caused these guys to, to think differently and then to behave differently and then to make their indelible marks on the history of the church and ultimately the history of the world. Well, if that is a little bit of background, uh, we come to today's passage from Paul's letter to the Romans and a verse in the middle of it in which Paul says something that's just so radical that a lot of people probably thought it was crazy and still do when he says that we are in Christ, boast, or some translations say rejoice in our suffering. And I think that ought to get your attention on a day like today because we're living in this time of such great suffering all around the world. Obviously with the ongoing effects of the pandemic and now with what our governor said the other day was new light shining on old wounds of racism and injustice and social and political animosities, all of which are on top of any kind of suffering that you might be experiencing in your personal life, whether it's illness or it's a loss of a loved one or it's a broken or a fractured relationship. And it's causing you to say to yourself, I don't know exactly what Paul's getting at here, but I'm really not in the mood to rejoice in my suffering. In fact, I've kind of had it with the suffering uh, that's going on in my life and in the world around me. But if you look at that passage again, I think it is possible to discover what Paul really is talking about here. By looking at the words before and after verse 3 of the lesson that you just heard. And how in the first two verses, Paul says that since we are justified, in other words, since we are put right with God by faith, God gives us three things. Number one, peace with God. Number two, access to grace. And number three, hope in sharing the glory of God. And then in the three final verses, he says that all of this comes to us, even in our times of weakness, even in spite of the fact that we are sinners, even though we might sin differently from one another. And I don't know about you, but you know, I'm liking this. If God loves me, even in my weakness, in spite of the fact that I'm a sinner. If in Christ I have peace with God, access to grace, hope that his future will be better than my present. I mean, who out there would not want that? bet it sounded pretty good to the Romans that Paul was writing to in that letter. Well, with all of that as context and background, then Paul says that in Christ we boast. We even rejoice in our suffering, which is to say we rejoice in God in the midst of our suffering. In the midst of our turmoil, in the midst of our trouble, we rejoice in the Lord. In the midst of all the painful strife and violence and brutality and racism and suffering in this world, we rejoice in the one who comes to be a peacemaker and teach us to be peacemakers. In the midst of a, a pandemic that has sent us to our rooms for the last three months, we rejoice in the one who gives us peace and grace and hope no matter where we are. Or as the author of an article that I read very recently uh, said, I am not at all optimistic based on what I'm seeing. I'm tremendously optimistic, based on what God is saying. And what God is saying is that if you are right with him, if you have peace and grace and hope in him, then you have something that will enable you and me to persevere in the midst of our suffering, to have Christian character in the midst of our suffering, to have hope in the midst of our suffering, Why? Because, as Paul says in Romans 5, God's love has been poured, poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Now, when I was in Pittsburgh, we used to go to a place called the Poor House, P-O-U-R. The food was good, but I think it was named that because of all the other spirits that were being poured out for people. I think there's one of these in Gaithersburg, but I've never been to it. Anyway, I was thinking about that in the context of all the suffering that we see in the world today, in our lives today. I was thinking about that in the context of this verse from Romans chapter 5. And I wondered to myself, what would it be like if your house, my house, our house, our church house, with or without its building, would be a poor house for the Holy Spirit? What if we were the servers who poured out God's love into hearts that are fearful and anxious and lonely? What if we poured out the spirit of God's grace and truth so that it would drown out hatred and bigotry and hopelessness and helplessness and whatever other unholy spirits infect us so that more and more people would come to know peace with God and the people of God access to grace and hope in sharing the glory of God or as St. Paul said in his words to the Romans I rejoice in my sufferings what would that be like how would it get us to start thinking differently behaving differently, being like these lesser-known St. Augustine's and Martin Luther's who make our own indelible mark on the history of the church and even the history of the little part of the world that we happen to live in. What would that be like? Well, you know, maybe it would be something like a moment three Thursday nights ago in Louisville, Kentucky. When a 32-year-old police officer by the name of Galen Hinshaw got out of his police cruiser and he walked around a corner and he became suddenly face-to-face with a crowd of protesters who, when they saw him, began moving toward him, yelling at him, making fists and shaking those fists at him and asking him questions like, are you one of the good ones? Do you know how we feel? And there is Hinshaw, and he's wearing 40 pounds worth of safety gear, and yet he is alone, and he is afraid. And as the crowd grew larger and angrier by the seconds, he said to himself, here we go, I'm going to get hurt. Just in that moment, one of the protesters stepped out of the crowd wearing a red University of Louisville face mask, and he stood between the protesters and Officer Galen Hinshaw. And then a moment later, another protester jumped out of the crowd and he linked arms with a man wearing the red face mask. His name is Darren Lee Jr. and he operates a childcare center in Louisville. Well, then things got even uglier because the crowd of protesters started yelling at Darren Lee Jr. and asking him why he's protecting that officer. And then in that moment, three more people came out of the crowd of protesters. They linked arms with the others, including Julian de la Cruz and Ricky McClellan. Julian's uncle is also a police officer. And so you have these five strangers, two black, one white, one Dominican, all linking arms, forming a human shield to protect Officer Galen Hinshaw. Julian de la Cruz later said that that moment was a moment of accountability. He said, if I could stand and protest with my brothers and sisters and then hold them accountable and say to them, this isn't right, this has to stop, then I'm credible when I'm asking for that same thing and asking the great cops to hold their brothers and sisters accountable. As for Officer Hinshaw, he said that because of that moment he cried. He said those guys saved my life that night. These five strangers locked arms and they saved me. There's no doubt about it. That was the moment three Thursday nights ago it was a moment about which to boast in the midst of a lot of suffering by the officer and by the protesters. Well, what would it be like for you and me, for the church, to pour out the love of God in moments like that? I haven't been part of a situation like the one I just described to you, but I have seen God's love poured out. I have seen God's love cross boundaries so that people who were broken, separated, disjointed might come back together in the power of his goodness and his grace so that we would know peace with God, access to grace in the family of God, and hope for a better tomorrow or as Paul said later on in his great letter to the Romans, I consider the sufferings of this present hour not worthy to be compared with the glory that will someday be revealed. I invite you to think a little bit about that today. And as you hear a brand new song that was written just this year in the context of moments like these, and the cries out to God saying, shelter me, The way ahead is dark and difficult to see, so shelter me, shelter me. All will be well if only you will shelter me. And that is our prayer for the George Floyds who are still out there, for the Galen Henshaws, for the Julian De La Cruzes and the Ricky McClellans and for all of us and for all people all around the world who are God's works of art because they have been created in the image of God who calls us to love one another and to live that way, to think differently and then behave differently. May God make our house, may God make this house a poor house of the Holy Spirit of Jesus' love for a broken and a suffering world May you be optimistic, not because of what you see, but because of what God says. And because of a power that enables us to live together in grace and peace and hope. Because of the transforming love of Jesus Christ for you and me. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Together, church, we join our hearts and minds in prayer as we pray for the church, the world, and for all of God's creation, trusting in Him to hear us when we call. Lord God, through Your Son, You have kept the promise of the ages and rescued us from sin. You have taken us from out of the darkness and into the light. As we dwell in the house of the Lord, help us to live according to Your Word and give us hope each day as you lead us to everlasting life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we give you thanks for the unity we have in the body of Christ. As one voice, we pray for the church and her witness of hope to the world, that in every city, village, and home across the globe, the voice of the Lord may be heard by the faithful preaching of the gospel. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, you are the great physician and the Lord of life. Be with those who are suffering from illness and ailments of body and soul. Give them strength to persevere during these times and heal them according to your will. Watch over their families and provide comfort to them as they cling to you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, we continue to pray for all the lives that have been impacted by all that is happening in the world. For those affected by the pandemic, for the injustice that has plagued so many, for those hurting from the loss of a loved one, and for the requests that you know on our hearts and minds. Lord, we ask that you would fill us with hope. Remind us of your presence and your promise that one day your Son is going to return and restore all things to new life. Help us to cling to this promise always. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God Almighty, You are a God of peace and mercy. As we face suffering in our lives, Lord, we ask that You would give us strength to persevere, endurance to build our character, and hope in Your presence as Your love has been poured out among us. Fill us with this great hope each and every day by the power of Your Holy Spirit. Lord, in Your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, Into your hands we commit all for who and for what we pray, trusting in you to hear our prayers, and together we pray the family prayer of the church. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Receive the blessing of Almighty God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Go in peace and serve the Lord.